Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Four Guys on a Comic, and we're glad to have you back. And this is Rusty Surfer, and I'm here with everyone this week. No one is missing, I promise. We have the Red Skull. Hey! We have Tap. What up, what up? And we have the Canadian Nova. Yeah, I'm here. Sorry. I guess you don't like the Canadian remark, be, is that it? I thought it'd be funny. Dramatic if, pause. I thought it'd be funny if people were like, he just said everyone would be here. All right. I, I guess. Yeah, I'm here. And I like your, uh, I know that the viewers can't see it, and I already made a comment on it already, but um, liking the uh, the hairstyle today, Nova. Thanks, man. I've He's really liking your hair. That's the second uh, comment in 10 minutes. Good Lord. I may have to turn Maybe. my video hey, off if things get too awkward. I think Rusty might have a man crush on the hair. It's my Canadian <laughs> lover. Well, people are... <laughs> Woo! <laughs> All right. So, comic books. Oh. Yeah, okay, we can get back to comic books if you want, I guess. So, the <laughs> thing that brought us all together. All right. Well, guys, we're back. It's another week, and that means more comics have been read. So... What's going on, guys? Like, what what have y'all been doing this week with comic books? Have y'all found anything new that you just can't wait to tell me about? Uh, yeah. What is it? I I did. I'm not even joking. I'm serious. Uh, so this week I've been binging uh the the heck out of uh, uh the Sixth uh. Gun with Colin Bunn, Brian Hurt, Bill Crabtree. Um, I got the three deluxe editions. I'm currently on almost finished with the third edition of it. And then uh, also by Colin Bunn and Brian Hurt and Bill Crabtree, uh, The Damned. It's a five-issue miniseries from back in like 2006, but they've just recently re-released it like a couple weeks ago in a, like a trade paperback format because starting in May, The Damned is now going to be a new ongoing series. Oh, that's cool. And both titles are absolutely amazing. I am a, a ginormous fan of the both of them. Uh, and Rusty, honestly, I think you would dig them as well. And Nova's read The Damned. I don't think he's read Six Gun yet, but I know he's read The yeah. Damned. And I think Nova can back me up on this. Oh, Rusty, yeah. I think it's up your alley. Oh, wait, so is yeah, Six I've Gun... i read The Damned as well. I was going to say... I own them. Is Six Gun because like from the pictures you sent me and stuff, that was the zombie stuff you were kind of saying, or like yes, the undead sir. rather. Is it is it like based in like the old west? Yep. Or okay, that's the vibe so, I was getting from it. So the basic premise of it is basically that there's six magical guns. Each gun has a different power, uh, such as like it one like shoot like can uh, shoot like the the fire, the hellfire. One has like just like this amazing. Ex ex like explosions one fires uh one can like keep you young and stuff like when you kill somebody one can actually bring the souls back from the dead that it's killed things like that so like, there's like a bunch of different like locking things that these guns can do yeah it's kind of like the locking kikis honestly okay. it's very reminiscent of that but when all whoever holds all six guns can unlock like this ancient evil buried deep within the earth and uh basically create doomsday and start the world anew well, that's cool. So wait, and is so this an image title? No. Who? What is it under? On, like Onipress. Onipress. Yep. On. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, it's so good. It ran for fifty issues. Um, Jesus, what year did it start? 
the two, mid two thousands. Something like that. Yeah. Okay, so it, it the series it is was done after then. the damned. Oh yeah, the series has been done. But okay, they they released the first three uh the first thirty four issues and the first three volumes of the deluxe hardcovers. Uh, the fourth volume of the hardcover is coming out uh, later this year. I think it's in August. The fourth volume's coming out, and these books are massive. They're bigger than absolute editions. They're like thirteen and a half, fourteen inches tall. Giant oversized artwork. Uh, one of my f- absolute favorite characters is this guy named, uh, well, he's not a guy, he's a nine foot tall mummy, um, <laughs> Asher Cobb. Oh God, dude. So good. Like actually my, my line pick is Asher Cobb. Okay. So if you see my line pick, like that's, yeah. uh, that's actually Asher Cobb. Uh, yeah, no, the book is amazing. And then I found out that they did the damn together. So I went back and read that cause it was only five issues. And once again, amazing stuff that one's like 1920s gangsters but with like demons thrown in the mix like so there's like humans that run stuff that are like mafioso and then there are demons that have like their own mafia okay so oh god it's good i was gonna say if all three of you have already read it and i haven't read it then what's the problem here why have i not heard about this from i've just recently i've just recently discovered this i know it's been out for a long time but me personally i just recently discovered it um i was on like a colon bun kick for a while and i started researching some of his older stuff and obviously you know i like horror and supernatural and those kinds of things and so i started reading um oh what's the other one that he has it starts with an h Harrow County. Yeah, Harrow County. Yeah, Harrow County. I started reading that one. I was like, oh, this is really good. What else has he done? And then I saw The Six Gun and The Damned and everything else. So I just kind of went crazy over it. And I love his his creator owned stuff. I mean, his Marvel stuff and we you know his whatnot is all good too. But his creator owned is top notch. Oh, I was going to say, and Brian Hurt's art is it's amazing. Brian Hurt's probably an artist that most people probably have never heard of unless they n- know the six gun and the damned and things like that. But his art is so fun and awesome to look at. That's cool. So red, I saw you kind of snicker in there whenever I brought up that I- I'm the odd man out here. Why are you laughing so much? <laughs> I just had invincible came to mind. That's all. Oh, well, I actually read the first 30 issues of invincible. Out I know there's 127. <laughs> I know. I've still, read a sixth of the books. <laughs> Thirty the only issues series. of any comic is so much. But you know Come what? On now. Like the only series that I've read from start to finish four times. Four times. Four times. I've read that whole series, and I'll read it a fifth time after the last issue drops. Uh, you can it read it good. a sixth time after I finally finish it, right? Yeah. <laughs> now then we can actually talk about it. So like in, where are you in, at in Lock and Key there, buddy? Speaking of oh, Lock I'm actually key. almost done with the uh, second arc now. So I think I'm on issue five of six of the second one. So, so it's taking you a week to read five issues? I've read um, an arc <laughs> a week, basically. I read an arc you, last week, and then I'm going to finish the arc this I, I have one arc issue left, so it's an arc a week. I'm trying not to burn out on it. 30 issues a lot. I mean, this I read last night. Just last yeah, night. See, I I don't know about you, but I'm I'm going out on the the Saturday nights Red School. That's right. I'm still a young gun. I know uh-huh. I know you got your family and your 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 wartime stuff and whatnot, but I'm I'm still the young. I'm still going out trying to enjoy myself. Nova knows, don't you, Nova? 
I do know. I think Nova reads more than five <laughs> books a week, though. Yeah, I definitely. I do read. read okay, you gotta more. you gotta realize this though. I read those five issues, and then I read a bunch of Vault of Horror. I went and read all my Marvel books for this week. So, uh, and how then many I read... books do you think you've read this week? Nine or ten. That's it. Well, no, that's a lot. That's got to be more than that. Because I read just the five issues. Yeah, it's more than that. I'd probably say 15 to 18, probably. It's not that much. You know how much I've read this week? One and a quarter short boxes. Yeah, see, that's ridiculous. I couldn't do that. I've been, this week was a Star Wars Marvel binge week. And I have gone through, and I'm telling you, I've told you before, I am catching up. I am buckling down, catching up on all my reading that I want. So I started off with uh, the Star Wars Marvel. Because I've been dying to read it, and I've been buying it, collecting it since 2015. I've yet mm. to actually sit down and read it all. So that's what I've been doing. And I'm telling you, I've gone through one and a quarter boxes and read so much of it. And damn, I'm telling you. Some of it is just so good. Um, What's your favorite partic- Star Wars series right now? Actually, the main one uh, okay. is is pretty amazing. It's uh, Jason Aaron. It's up to issue 29. And it is just phenomenal. Right now, you got this. Oh, you're reading like the line. current Star Wars. I thought you meant like current. the old school stuff. Oh, no, no, all the stuff from Marvel. 2015 to current. Gotcha, there's, gotcha. Okay. There's a lot yes. of Star Wars stuff that came out. And there that is, of time there is too. a lot of stuff. But I'd say my close second though is uh, uh, Darth Vader. Boom. Darth Vader's Those good. Twenty-five issues are just off the hook and that's kieran gillen right that did the uh, darth vader yeah, kieran gillen correct yeah. so that was and with uh, salvador uh La Roca. La Roca. Yeah. yeah um oh my goodness and you know i i always give marvel a hard time on their crossover events and stuff i'm going to tell you the best crossover event i've ever read hands down from current marvel age is through star wars right now because they did a crossover with darth vader finding luke skywalker and trying to uh capture him and it crossed over between uh, Star Wars, Darth Vader, and the one-shot uh, Vader down. See, I don't. I wouldn't call that. I mean, yes, it is a crossover, but I wouldn't necessarily call that like a a Marvel crossover. Like when you think Marvel crossovers, you think like Civil War two and yeah, and yeah. humans versus X Men. So I think like me, that's more Star like Star Wars a, is its own identity. Yeah, exactly. Star Wars is like a boutique crossover. So like yeah. it's okay because it doesn't cross over eighty thousand books like all the, the other ones do. Mm-hmm. When you think there's sixteen, is it six? Yeah, sixteen or seventeen different Marvel series that they've put out in the last two years of Star Wars. Uh, yeah, from Star Wars. Jesus, I didn't realize there's that many. Yeah, I knew there was well, I actually got a handful, list in front of me. But... You have Star Wars, The Force Awakens, Obi Wan and Anakin, Vader, Vader Down, C three PO, Lando, uh, Poe. Uh, Chewbacca, Journey into Star Wars, yep, Poe, uh, uh, Kanan, uh, mm. Dr. Alpha, Darth Maul, Princess Leia, Princess Leia, Obi-Wan dang, um, Han Solo, Han Solo, yeah, it's crazy. I had no I'm idea. I'm just waiting for the books. dang Boba Fett Darth one, Maul. man. That's the one I'm gonna be jumping all over if they ever do it eventually. And I'm gonna tell you, they, they, they're doing a really good job. The only one that I could say I actually did not like was uh, Obi-Wan and Anakin. The, Why didn't the story, you like it? The story was terrible. Basically, they were... Uh, young Anakin with Obi and the side story about how Anakin wants to leave um, the Order and find his own way in the universe. And so he, they go to a planet that they got a mysterious distress call and turns out it's a civil war. 
and the Civil War's been going on for so long they don't even remember why it was going on and the end everybody was happy and lived fine it was just, it was uh, an and art. everyone lived happily ever yeah, after it was, just, it was a really really bad story on one of the, the best a uh, little one it was a one shot for c3po um how he got his red arm as we've seen from the force awakens and i'll tell you that was a really touching story really it was yeah, you know, basically the rebels had to go capture a droid that had information on where Admiral Akbar was being uh, held hostage at. So all the rebels got killed, and all that was left were four droids, and and then the fifth droid being the uh, one that they captured. And one by one, the droids were getting killed off. Till all that was left was C-3PO and the droid that had all the information. Well, in the end, that uh, bad droid committed suicide i guess you can say in a way to save c-3po and all that was left was a red arm and c-3po needed one because he lost his arm during the issue and he keeps the arm as a remembrance to the lives lost or the, the droids that lost their lives through that issue mm. it was it was powerful very well written you know and it's like you you wish that story was out before the movie to help mm-hmm people understand and yeah. it was really touching and it actually really was touching that's uh, cool yeah lots of great stuff um i just have a couple issues left i need to catch up on uh, the darth maul that just came out and uh, dr alfra which i gotta say is probably one of my new favorite star wars characters they wow. made her into a badass are you guys familiar with her at all nope she for her first appearance was in uh darth vader three or four right something like that yeah yeah because i remember when that issue came out i was still buying the darth vader series Mm -hmm. and um i remember my comic shop was trying to up price that issue because they were like the internet apparently was like oh it's a new care it's like the first Mm -hmm. new character from the star Wars, the new star wars universe or whatever and they were like saying that the issue was going to go for a lot of money or something like that i ended up buying the issue and reading it and being like oh okay now i'll look real quick but i do know that issue has gone up in price because of it uh she is a character basically almost think of a a young female with uh an attitude similar to han solo but she's the bad guy that's cool yeah and she doesn't care about anything but making a name for herself through working for darth vader even though she knows working for darth vader is a uh is committing suicide she knows eventually he has to kill her mm-hmm. so she can uh live it up for now though right yeah kind of um and she does so much she finds out luke skywalker's name with boba fett she finds out where he's at she creates a droid droid army she steals um the treasure from the uh, empire she does all these amazing things and in the end of it she's so bold she goes to the emperor she just knocks on his door and says, hey this is what darth vader's been doing this whole time (laughs) you know she has some cojones and it's just a character you really fall in love with and really enjoy um yeah that's cool i'm looking up right now top of first appearance Was it Darth Vader? Oh, I know for a fact it's Darth Vader. I think it was three or four. I'm pretty sure. Okay, yeah, it's going. It's up there now, fifteen dollar price range. Darth okay. Vader number three. Yeah, and it's only going to go up a little bit more. Uh, the variants though for that issue number three are really going up in price too, um, anywhere in the hundred dollar mark. That's crazy. Yeah. Now, I guess beyond Star Wars, now Nova, what did you get for it? What What have you been reading this week, dude? 
Um, one thing that comes to mind, I guess, mostly because it was the best thing I read was uh, Punisher Max. So I read. Hey. I finally got to your thing, Rusty Barracuda. You kept yes, asking. Yes, I read that last <laughs> week too. Kept asking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's a cool like, character, right? Yeah, he's all right. He was interesting. He yeah. stand. I I don't know. To to me, everyone made me feel like he stands out pretty much like the most. Well, like the problem character. for me was that he's memorable. Arc, I can see that. Yeah, for sure. The arc right before it, I sort of read the arc before it and the Barracuda arc in one sitting, and the one before it was like this this arc about like a slave ring, and um, mm-hmm. you know, it's a pretty heavy topic. And of course, it's Frank going at it, so he's like super violent with these slavering people. It was just, um, just a really like strong arc, and you can sort of, you know, like it's a it's a touchy, it's a dark subject, and uh, I thought it was really well done, considering uh, you know Punisher is usually pretty violent as it is. This was like a, a whole step further than that. But yeah, Barracuda was cool. He's a funny guy. I actually found myself chuckling quite a bit in that arc because of the things he'd say. Yeah. But yeah, um, his missing teeth and sh- his missing teeth and stuff kills me. Yeah, yeah. it's like it's hard. Uh, to- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was good stuff. Um, and then cool. I've been reading some Bronze Age Justice League of America. It was just so much fun. Just so what do you think cool of things. the Justice League trailer, man? It looks cool. It looks fun. Uh, it looks good. I don't know. I got a few issues with it, but that's not here nor there. Yeah. It is what it is. I'll always have That's my cool. I'll always have my comic books. But yeah, I've been reading <laughs> I've been reading um that's yeah, people yeah, whatever. Um I've been reading a lot a few Marvel books, I guess. Been a few number ones this week that I think we've all tried to read. Tried. Oh, yep, 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 yep. Tried mm. to trudge through. <laughs> trudge the using my words now. You horrible person you. <laughs> trudge through some marvel issues so what marvel issues did you trudge through? all right let's start with um we can do inhumans prime first i think we all read that one right number one okay i didn't read inhumans prime i'm not an inhumans fan man i don't understand I can't why do we say it i like damn it rusty okay fine let's just talk x-men prime then inhumans i prime. was told to read inhumans prime because nova <laughs> said let's discuss it yes i, know. So I thought I he said, said let's discuss x-men okay. prime I didn't think, okay i got the primes mixed up i said both so i mean you missed oh prime. my bad See, i i picked up i read in uh inhumans prime only because somebody in a chat room made a mention about the end of the issue and i was like okay i'm gonna read it just so i can see what that's about okay well, you can ruin it for me because I'm never going to read it. I, I'm not an Inhumans fan. Like, I don't know what it is. I just can't get into it. I love the X-Men. They're like the same damn thing. But I, just the character, the depth of the characters that are the Inhumans just don't appeal to me as much. I don't know why. Anyone listening so, who likes the Inhumans, can you please tell us what the hell the deal is? Why anyone cares about these characters? I know. I'm just reading it. I'm like, I don't care about anyone here. Even Black Bolt, who I usually thought is cool, is just like... I don't know. He didn't do it for me in this book. He's just sort of there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was bogus. That book, I don't know. It was not very good. I'm not Who an humans fan either. Al Ewing. Yeah. Really? Ewing usually does really yeah. good stuff. Yeah, I'm does. just but I'm just not an inhumans fan. Maybe that has something to do with it. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean the best part of it though was that one liner in there, you know, uh oh, god, I can't I'm trying to remember what it was. Something about uh I'm here to see a battle. And 
oh, I know I'm blowing it, but uh, something like, I want to see a battle, and like, oh, no, that's a battle. Like, okay, that was like the best line and the only thing worth reading in the whole story. Yeah, uh, my thing is, too, is the art changed artists halfway through the book. And they really? Not yeah, cool. and they have very extremely different styles, and so it is absolutely horrendous. Yeah, yeah, it it's it was like that cyborg book that one week, Nova. It was just so yeah. weird. And what's great is we are they doing backgrounds in it? Yeah, to some degree. The first artist did. The second one had these really bad panels. Um, and it's funny because I mean, we just heard this week that you know Marvel doesn't really care about having consistent artists on books. No. Rotating. Um, yeah, because the artist doesn't really matter all that much as long as the book's out on time. The ending was kind of cool, though. I, I I do understand that that character. I don't really care for. I guess we'll just say it. It's been like a week and a half at this point. Um, Marvel Boy basically shows up, and the only encounter I've had with him is um, the Grant Morrison miniseries, which is kind of fun. So, could be cool. Yeah, like I said, that's why I want to read it, Marvel Boy, because I want to see how they how he was drawn and how they portrayed him. But yeah. it was just that one panel. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Big lots of setup. It's just like, oh, we're not gonna have a king or queen anymore. It's just we're all royalty now. It's like, oh, yeah. all right, that works. Why not? Yeah, yeah and that not, issue was two minutes of my life. Historically, that's worked. <laughs> yeah, but, and uh, not only that, but the cover to the Royals books that are going to be coming out, like, I don't know what the interior art is, but those covers, oh, those were not good covers. Like, whoever the artist was that did the first half, Ryan Sook, was pretty good. If they could just have an artist like that keep doing the book, yeah, I don't know. I probably won't read them. No one cares Spoiler about alert. the Same goes for I'm X-Men. sorry, guys. Yeah. Uh, it's not working Rusty, out. do you care about the Inhumans? No. No, <laughs> I, I don't know how many times I can say it. I don't care about the Inhumans. <laughs> I've never cared. Even old Inhumans. I don't, I'm just like... Well, according to Marvel... They're like knockoff X-Men. According to Marvel, that's all they are. you're wrong. I guess. You're the one who's doing but, it all wrong, man. They're good. They're fine. They're doing everything right. You're wrong for not liking Inhumans. <laughs> You're the but you know, between uh, the Inhumans um, Prime and the X Men Prime, and as much as I hated the Inhumans, it was still better than the X Men Prime. Ooh. You thought so? The X Men Prime was way worse. Oh no, X Men Prime was way better. Oh god, I couldn't stand. I, I'm also not an X Men fan either. That's no disgrace. No X Men. It was Prime. a disgrace of ink. I enjoyed X Men Prime. Uh, I thought the art was really good too. Um, yeah. And I enjoyed X Men Prime, and there were some things in there that, like, if you're an X Men fan, there's like little Easter eggs in the book. You know what I mean? Uh, that were kind of yeah. cool, and I enjoyed that. Um, but also, it got me more interested in what's coming out later this year with Weapon X. Uh, Cable, gen- like I actually got more intrigued by the other books, X Men Gold. Um, I know Colin Bunn's doing X Men Blue, but I'm just not a fan of the art, so I guess we'll give it a shot and see what happens. Um, but X Men intrigue you a little bit. Sweet. I was gonna say it didn't intrigue you a little bit to have the whole like they're running the uh, danger room as a recording, and they're like, "Oh, we got to go do something." Yeah, no, that was that was interesting. Um, like I said, I actually enjoyed X-Men Prime. I, I did not dislike it at all. 
it wasn't like mind blowing, but it wasn't it wasn't bad. Um, I actually didn't mind it. I kind of like I said, it intrigued me to read more things. So we'll we'll see. Yeah, I just thought it was boring. Um, it's just a big setup issue, and I just it makes the X Men look fairly stupid because they just got over this whole thing with the Inhumans. Everyone hated them. There was like being you know mutants mutants carry disease and all this stuff so you're like all right maybe you know maybe it's time to chill out a bit be a little low-key for a while now let's move the mansion let's move the school to central park forget about it let's just be right in the middle of new york who cares we don't need to lay low we just haven't been through a lot of trauma and difficulty it makes no sense to me like after you go through something like inhumans versus x-men typically a person wants to you know sit back relax a little low. bit, and sort of get their stuff back together again instead of jumping right out there but uh that i just thought i thought that was really weird it didn't make much sense to me for sure you know i will say though one of the things like you were talking about tap with the weapon x thing the whole thing with lady death death strike or whatever popping up on sweet. shore yeah, I was like, because I haven't heard anything about Lady Deathstrike in a long time. So to see her just randomly pop up in this book and be a part of, I guess, Weapon X, it was a good lead into that. And I think that's what really intrigued me because I wasn't super into the idea of like, I mean, like I wasn't excited for Weapon X. I mean, I knew it was a book that I was going to read, but it wasn't something that I was like, all right, I can't wait to read this. But now after that, I'm kind of like, all right, let's see what happens in the first issue. You know what I mean? Yep. Yep. and um you know i will say this about x-men prime though like you said nova there was like a bunch of little easter eggs and stuff throughout it that kind of yeah like you know one of the things that kind of stuck out to me that really felt like kind of an older school moment was you see the um when kitty goes into the mansion and she goes into her old room and peter is living in yep. her old room. Yep. And they go through the little flashback sequence and the fla- the panels are like I remember a lot of those from like Dark Phoenix and after that and stuff like those arcs. And so I was just like, "Oh, that's cool." You know, they're kind of reminiscing to those older things, you know. And it'd be kind of cool to see Kitty get back with Colossus again. I mean, she went through um uh, you know, st- the whole Star-Lord thing and she was like, "I'm not going to get back with any more Peters," but We'll see. She can't help herself. No. But, I mean, overall, the issue was all right. I mean, it wasn't anything to just, like, you know, swoon over or anything. But, I mean, it was a decent read, and I'm kind of excited to see what's going to happen. And it's cool to see that, you know, X-Men may finally be in the, the, the forefront again, you know? Now, you were mentioning before the X-Men Gold. When is the X-Men Gold and X-Men Blue drop? Uh, this month. April. This month. Yeah. Now, one of, somebody in one of our chat rooms had made a mention about it, and I was about an eBay auction. These things are already pre-selling, mm-hmm. and they're going like hotcakes. Uh, for example, there's an eBay auction to get like all six variants, three thousand five hundred dollars. Holy! Oh yeah, God. some of those variants are ridiculous yeah. too. Um, yeah, the... Just the hip hop variants, hundred fifty bucks. Wow! Really? The, yes. Yeah, the it's uh, amazing the recolored uh, Jim Lee covers. That's mm-hmm. the one I wish I could get. <laughs> Recolored. Um, I guess people want that kind of stuff. I mean, it is it is a, like a low print run, but I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know. These things. Yes. I think that's the one out of 1,000. <clears throat> Something that I'll never be able to get. But if you see it, pick it up. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Definitely. They did some cool ones. They have like an old school. Um, I think it's for X Men Blue. They. I don't know. It might be it's blue or gold. One of the two. They have a um, burn uh, variant where they redid mm. a burn cover basically. And it looks really cool because they even did like the outside art, like the old school X Men issues, where it has like the little number and the month in the corner, and then like you know the the price. It looks like in the little box and everything. And it's cool they're bringing back the boxes and everything for it too. But this looks like a literal old school cover. So, oh, but man. I think uh, I think Marvel really burned some bridges with uh, retailers and customers. Yeah, they're burning some bridges weekend. lately. There's been a lot of stuff going on with them, hasn't there? Yeah, they basically, yeah a lot of flip flopping. Yeah, they basically stabbed themselves in the foot, took that foot, put it in their mouths, and um, <laughs> then uh, bit their tongue. Put their heads up there. Yeah, exactly, and then wound up begging for you know saying they didn't mean it. Um, yeah, yeah, but at the end of the day, guys, it's all the customers' fault because we're experiencing event fatigue, so that's on us. Um, we're the ones not buying diversity, so that's on us. Um, you know, whatever else, whatever else they blamed on us, the people giving them money. What it comes down to is you got to write a dang good story yep. and then provide us with some good art. And the art has been the problem that's been lacking lately. Yeah. The stories well, artists still aren't matter. super bad, but the art, I don't know what it is. I don't, I don't know why or where they're finding these people. But I did have a conversation with Matt Hawkin over the weekend, uh, or last weekend at Dallas Fan Expo, and he was telling me, he was saying that um, artists don't really submit portfolios like they used to. He was saying that it's like the whole time he was there, it was the second day, he said he's gotten maybe one portfolio, and that um, the other thing he got was like a little mini book thing that someone put together but it was given to him by a writer so it wasn't even the artist giving it to him and um yeah he said that there's just not an abundance of artists that are i guess interested nowadays so i don't know maybe that's why we're seeing so many foreign people at uh marvel now you know a lot of people from overseas yeah, yeah there is a lot well no everybody wants to go to the creator own you know <laughs> independence that's how you make all your money now. Yeah. That's true. Or whatever mm -hmm. juicy exclusive deals DC is giving out. It's making these big names claim exclusivity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, okay. Uh, so, I mean. Oh, my God. I, I, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I was watching a bunch of, don't ask me how, why, but a bunch of live field uh, videos this uh, this week. Oh and in one of them... Uh, Rob was talking about one of the great things about working with Marvel is that you can get all of the art supplies that you want for free. Yeah. So whenever you need uh, a number 102 pencil, you just call them up and say you need more pencils and they ship them out to you. It's like, that's one of the great things about working with Marvel. You can get all your supplies for free. I, mean, I think it was like 18 years old during that interview. But uh, I'm watching all these things just for shits and giggles. And I'm telling you, in almost every video I watch, he put his foot in his mouth in some way or another. Um. He can't and it was draw like, a foot. Come on. All the stuff is just begging for a compilation video. <laughs> like, he's had his interview with, um, try, he had an interview with somebody. I can't remember off the top of my head. And the guy's like, oh my gosh, I love reading comics. Um, especially like uh, uh, 
what did he say? Daredevil and the X-Men. He's like, are you familiar with the X-Men? He's like, yeah, I know about the X-Men. He's like, oh, well, so who from the X-Men do you know? And Rob is like, well, they know there's that uh, guy in the wheelchair. Um, uh, wow. Yeah, you know, the guy in the wheelchair, Charles something. Uh, there's Cable and there's, uh, you know, this His and that. His creation, like, too. So, yeah, so then he's like, so who do the X-Men typically fight? He's like, oh, um, yeah, the Hulk. They normally fight the Hulk. The whole audience was like, boo. <laughs> <laughs> wow like, yeah rough. it was a wow <laughs> i just like oh my god rob really you know and then the people just burning him you know even stanley was like yeah you just really like to put a lot of muscles and extra stuff onto your guys he's like well my guys have a lot of muscles because they drink their milk oh <laughs> sure yeah they t- all take steroids <laughs> yeah. you know, then i think it was uh Todd McFarlane, who's you know saying, yeah, you know, when we draw, we use these bigger sheets of paper, really big compared to what you normally use. You know, big, kind of like Rob Liefeld's ego. <laughs> oh, that was when he had like. There's a lot of videos of Todd when he had like a mullet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> mullet with a jean jacket. <laughs> yeah, yeah, his jean jacket. Yeah, that too. He loved that jean jacket, man. I wonder if he still has it. Could be, you know what? In the same time period, that's all I wore every single day. I had my jean jacket on. Did you have a mullet? I did not have a mullet. No. No, but I had that a jean jacket. he wants to admit to. <laughs> <laughs> no, I had my jean jacket and had my patches all over it and stuff. Yeah. That's cool. That's yeah. cool. This is so, sticking with Marvel, there's two Marvel titles that I really want to talk about this this week. Okay. One of them I'm going to try and sell you on, but I'm going to save it for a second. But the first one is Thanos came out last week, okay? And I don't know, I, I don't, Sorry, I doubt y'all title? read it. Thanos? Oh. Thanos. Thanos, Thanos. that's right. Oh, Thanos, yeah. yeah Thanos. Thanos, yeah. okay, yeah. 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 So, came out last week, and a lot of people are talking about it because the ending basically changed everything that was going on in the story, almost, because for the past few issues, as y'all know, Thanos has been dying. Like, he's on his deathbed, and he's trying to find a cure to save himself right now. Good to know. Why would so, he want to do that? I thought he wanted to be with Lady Death. Well, him and Lady Death aren't a thing anymore. Oh, okay. Yeah. So my last. there's nothing there. He just wants to live now. And um, in the second or third issue, he killed uh, his dad, Mentor. He straight up just, like, destroyed him. Like, he's gone. Wow. He, and uh, he's out and he got captured and taken into a uh, space prison by the uh, Shi'ar uh, guard, you know, gladiator and all them. And so he got taken out because he's dying. And so he's super weak. But come to no, find wait, out. Can I interrupt you for one second? He what killed up? His fa- he killed his father, you said? Yeah, he killed Mentor. I thought he already did that in Thanos Rising. No, he killed his mother. Oh, okay. I'm Thanos Rising. Okay, okay. Yeah. I, thank you. For, I just want to get that straight. For sure. And so uh, he gets captured by the Shi'ar Guard and everything. Thane is building a group to kill Thanos, like make sure he's going to die. And it's consisting of Nebula, there's Champion, uh, Eros, and I think that's it. I think that's all of them. And they're all, they go basically to Terax's ship because they need to get something from Terax, which... Thane doesn't explain what it is, but he's just like, we got to do this because it's going to help us kill Thanos or whatever, right? So that's going on. Thanos gets captured, 
Coming to find out, Thanos is, like, playing the whole time. He's still, like, dying. He's still, like, sick and everything. But he basically let himself get captured. And then he destroys the space prison. He, like, rips the arm off the guy who's in charge of the space prison that he's in. Um, he goes in, and he's, like, just slaughtering the whole prison, basically, now. And um, I we don't know why yet. But the thing that really just flipped the issue is what Thane and his group was actually going to Terax to find. They, um, Eros distracts Terax, and they go into his, the rest of them sneak, the rest of them sneak through his ship and go to his vault, and they open up the vault, and they cause the explosion and everything, and behind the freaking door is the Phoenix Force. Okay? Mm. Yeah. So, Thane broke into the to a ship because Terax for some reason had the Phoenix and now Thane is be gonna gonna become the Phoenix to try and kill his dad. And so that ended the story right there until the next issue. And I'm sitting here, I'm like, Thanos is gonna take that Phoenix force from Thane so fast if he tries to confront him because it's Thanos, you know? And I'm thinking that that's ultimately what's gonna be the cure to him is he's going to become, instead of an Infinity Gauntlet, he's going to have the Phoenix. And I think that's going to set up a big arc here coming up. Because one of the main stories for the Jean Grey solo is she's preparing for the Phoenix to come to Earth. And it, that's all it is for the story, like the summary. So, I don't know if Thanos is going to get it and just take it from him, cure himself, and then come to Earth to try and kill everybody. Or what, but that's kind of what I'm assuming. I mean, we'll see. Interesting. Yeah. And so, yeah, there's just the fact that Thanos is going to have Phoenix maybe is kind of overbearing. It's like that Infinity Gauntlet moment where you're like, does he really need this much power? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What issue is this? Um, It's the new, I think it's six that's going to be coming out, but I think this was revealed in five. Mm-hmm. I think I could be wrong. It could be six and seven. But, yeah, I mean, Thanos is really good right now. I'm surprised you're not reading it's happened. It's Jeff Lemire, so. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just, I don't know what it is. I have a hard time getting into some of that Marvel space stuff. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. it's, um like I said, it's uh, Diodato, and it is uh, Lemire on the same book. So the art's really good, and the writing's pretty good. So I'll I like mine. check it out eventually. My problem is right now, I just have way too much to, to get caught up on. Um, I'm actually having to put books that I really, really enjoy on the back burner because I can't keep up. Like, I have to... I was telling Red, I was like, I just got to buckle down and just knock mm-hmm. these out. I'm so far behind. I can't keep allowing myself to get there. Mm-hmm. No, I hear you. I'm doing the same thing. You know, I figure I if do a short box a week, I should be done in about 45 weeks. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. That's wild. Now... I've, okay, so the second book that I was going to bring up is the one that we were talking about before. Infamous Iron Man. Now, I know it's Bendis, okay? And I'm sorry. I'm not. No. Bendis is hit or miss. Either it's really good or it's just, like, really bad in my Yeah, opinion. yeah, I'm, I'd say he's hit or miss, too. Nova doesn't even want to give him a chance. No. No, really, he's like sitting no, here. He's like, go on. It's, it's no, a whole fooled me once thing. I'm at, like, a dozen now, so... I won't be you tell me there's absolutely nothing that Bendis has ever done that you that he you has enjoy. done. That's the thing. It was all in the past. Um, it's Daredevil was the last thing that he wrote that I actually enjoyed, and since then it's been I can't get into any of it. 
They just can't. Well, maybe this might change your mind. I'm hoping it'll change your mind. Knowing yours and Tap's background, I think it's going to change your mind a lot after I, I talk about this. But mm-hmm. um, okay, so the first like three issue or four issues, there was nothing really too much. It was just kind of explaining how he got Iron Man's like Tony Stark's armor and stuff and became the new Iron Man because he felt he owed Tony Stark the favor. But uh, what event is that tied to? Uh, it is actually after Civil War. Which is Civil War? Sorry, second one. <laughs> second one. Okay. Yeah, yeah. it's tied to and the second this, Civil War. And does this have anything to do with uh, that Riri uh, lady? No, nothing. No, okay. actually, nothing so at all. Should I read Civil War two first? Um, you don't necessarily need to read okay. Civil War two because this actually the first issue came out before Civil War ended. Okay. So they didn't really they just touched on it, but they didn't really talk about it a lot. And how is it going to tie One of those into, Marvel moments. How is it going to tie into Secret Empire? Should I just start reading Secret Empire books as well? I don't know if this is going to tie into oh. Secret Empire at all. This surprise that I'm talking about, it, Interesting. it really seems totally separate from everything that... And it's a really big deal okay. because we'll, we'll get to it. But um, like I said, um, issue five of the end of issue four, um, Doom is in the armor and his mom pops up. Okay, and you know we've yeah we've all thought she was dead for forever or whatever, but she pops up, and that's how the end of issue four ended. Well, issue five just dealt with him like talking to his mom basically, and his. Oh, why do I know this? She was like going off about how she's disappointed in him. Yes. Yeah. How do I know this? Tap reads Marvel in his sleep. I, I, I must, because, yeah, I remember this. She was all, talking about how she's all, I don't want to ruin Rusty's thing. Go ahead. But, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. So, she's there, and she's confronting Doom, and Doom's like, no, this isn't real or whatever. So, he keeps trying to attack her, and she just keeps shutting him down, like, straight up. Like, Doom can't do anything magically to stop her for some reason. And she just sits there, and he's like, she's like, why are you doing this? He's like, you're not real. And she's like, I am real. And she keeps trying. He's like, this is a reason why I'm disappointed in you, why you're a disgrace, because you just look for, you know, confrontation to solve everything, basically. And she just goes on about how, like, she came back and was hoping he was different, but he wasn't different, and that he was still just trying to solve problems with, you know, force, Mm -hmm. basically. And that she was just super disappointed in him. And like I said, this is the issue five there. Issue six came out, I guess it's like a week and a half ago now, not this past Wednesday, but the Wednesday before. And um, it left on issue five with her being like, okay, I'll come back when maybe you change, you know, and she just disappears. And he's like, wait a minute, why did I do that? And he finally like realizes he's like, look, I had this opportunity to connect with my mom again and figure out why this was happening. And I just ruined it basically. And so she disappears and he wanders off and being mopey, emo, Victor Von Doom. But it shows, like, the last two pages, it shows her teleporting back to, like, another area or whatever. And she's, like, kind of, like, in some weird room. And all of a sudden, a cloaked figure, like, comes up behind her. Okay? And, like, wraps his arms around her and is, like, Ooh, holding like, Victor Von Doom's mom. I like where this is and then going. all of a sudden, she's just like, I couldn't change him. I couldn't figure it out. But soon he'll get his. And then he's like, yes, I understand or whatever. And then he's like, I know Reed. 
I know you'll always be here. And it's freaking Reed Richards. Wow. <laughs> what? You sold me on the book but ruined it for me, so I'm definitely not going to read it now. You gotta read it. I haven't read six, but freaking Reed Richards is with Doom's mom. Is it six one six Reed or Ultimate Reed? It's gotta it's be Ultimate. Ultimate Reed. Reed. It is Ultimate Reed because the sure. cover of six has uh, the maker or the the mask on it, the creator oh. mask thing. So, oh, okay. yeah. So now Reed Richards and Gopton Doom is like. Who's your daddy? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So I'm sitting here and I know the whole reason why I thought that y'all would be super into it because I know that Nova and Tap y'all really like, you know, Fantastic Four and such. And I thought that right there would just probably, you know, that's the introduction basically of bringing back in the Fantastic Four into the Marvel well, Universe. I love the excitement, but I'm more into the regular Fantastic Four as opposed to the ultimate one. See, I like mm. the ultimate Fantastic Four, but I don't like ultimately what they did with the ultimate fantastic four if that makes any sense um, well i thought that ultimate reed was dead because of the whole like uh secret wars thing when he built the raft or whatever i I thought he died i have no idea i just know he was like a part of it yeah Uh, first issue of secret wars oh my god that was just like amazing everything else after that was crap but the first (laughs) issue was pretty good Yeah, but I mean, if you get, I I haven't read issue six yet, and I'm hoping they explain more into the reason why Reed is with Doom's mom and how that even came about to where she came back to life. But she was like, I was never dead in the issue, but who knows with Ultimate Reed, you know? It's mm-hmm. true. Yeah. So I'm wondering what's going to happen with that, and if we're just basically going to have an Iron Man versus ultimate reed showdown with his mom being the on the sideline but at the same time it sounds like his mom is a good guy but the way it ended it sounded like ultimate reed wasn't up to anything good i don't know really interesting twist and really something different compared to what else is going on marvel because everything else is basically focusing on secret empire right now and this seems like it's setting besides this you know this and thanos those are setting up two other things that are seem going to be like really big in the future see with secret empires i don't know i'm, I'm kind of torn do i want to get it or do i just want to wait and get the cliffhanger notes from all the chats <laughs> right you know i'm just like it's another marvel yeah. it's like come on they're just going to disappoint me what are they going to do? Leave a nice cliffhanger that you don't get until for another, what, two years? Yeah. This is an unworthy Thor. It's tough to get invested into that stuff. And it's funny because, yeah. like, I remember one of the first the first Marvel event. This is when I, I reintroduced myself to comic books. A few years ago, I went into my comic book shop, and it was that one week where uh, goddamn Age of Ultron number one came out. So right away, I was exposed to uh, the crap that is Marvel events now. I uh, got got lucky early in the game. Didn't wind up spending a lot of money on tie-ins and stuff. It's good. Saved myself a lot of heartache. And, Wasn't uh, Age of Ultron Bendis too? It is. Of course it is. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, like, there's a point in there where Wolverine goes back to kill himself as he was going <laughs> to kill Ant-Man. It's like, this is absurd. Why are you? Why is this happening? It's mm-hmm. such a weird book. And by the end of it, you don't even know how it came to finish. It was just this weird you know someone farted and they fixed the timeline i'll tell you if they bring back fantastic four i just pray they start with issue 646 you know they won't do that 646 doesn't sell 
they did it with x-men though and they went all the way to what 700 or 600 or whatever i don't know man if they bring back ff i want uh i want hickman to write <laughs> won't happen <laughs> bury that yeah. dream it'll be bendis <laughs> so, you got to tell me then. So, did the in, the idea of having Ultimate Reed pop up in the end of this infamous Iron Man issue any curious to read Infamous Iron Man? I'd have to say no, only because I don't know what the hell's going on in the overall uh, uh the the secret wars or whatever the hell arc where like e- ultimate reed turned like evil and shit i don't know what the underlying stuff like how that all happened or anything so to me i'm like eh whatever i don't know i still have all the seven volumes of uh ultimate fantastic four hardcovers though because like i said i did enjoy um i read most of it but i never finished it and so uh now that i have all those eventually i'll get around to reading them so maybe after i read all 50 60 i think it's 63 whatever it is issues of uh, ultimate fantastic four then maybe maybe that'll change now if you told me it was like 616 read and like the fan, and then like the ever loving blue eyed thing came up and was like, "Hey, you dummy," or something like that, dude. I would have been all over it. Well, things been Doom already fought a uh, thing. Yeah, he's already in it. It's weird because okay, well, see, you could have sold me right there. Well, yeah, he popped up in like issue three, <laughs> and he already knows everything that's yeah, going see, on too. So. I've only read like the first one or two issues, but if you would, you see, you could have sold me right there on thing. Things in it, okay. Like well, there you go. Now, thing. now you know okay. it is six one six thing. Yep, see, I'd be alright with that. I like 616. I like the 616 FF. Yeah. Yeah, well, give it a read. Uh, For some reason, it's 616 thing and then ultimate read. So, we'll see what happens. There's been very few, like, superhero comics that have, like, hit me in the feels. And uh, Hickman's run on FF just destroyed me in the inside. I'm not going to lie. There's a few parts where I was was tearing up a little bit. It was just so, Mm -hmm. so well done. I love the honesty. Yep. Well, it's true. I'll, I'll tell you, FF is one of those series that I always regret that I've never started or gotten issues of. It's one of those ones I wish I could just get the whole run of all 600. Well, now you're yeah, never going to be able to do it. Now the first, like, yeah. 200 or whatever it is are, like, super pricey. and yeah, I know. But still, God, I just wish I did that. <laughs> I might still do it one day, but it's like, ugh. You know, Fantastic it. Four is literally, they've proven it. The most expensive series to collect in Marvel. Wouldn't be surprised. No. Even if you're an I was gonna say even if you're an omnibus collector, it's still pretty pricey because a lot of the omnis are like going like the Hickman Volume One, for instance, uh, for a mediocre condition book, it was selling for two hundred bucks. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I it's know we're redonkulous. a fantastic. You can four, get Volume, volume Two one. for cheap, but what volume about Volume One? Volume one of Hickman's run? No, just a Fantastic Four. Oh, like the Omnibus. the the Kirby's Lee mm-hmm. one. Um, I think those are still fairly accessible. Yeah, I was about to say my local shop has one. Yeah, I don't think those are out of print. I think those are still fairly accessible. Okay, but I mean, the last time I looked, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. You know, they printed you know Silver Age up to Bronze, and then there's a, in hardcover, and then after that there's a gap until Hickman. 
Uh, yeah, they did. There's like yeah, the, that sounds about accurate. There's a Lee Kirby <laughs> stuff, yeah. and then they did. Um, there's two John Byrne omnibuses as well. Yes, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yes. Okay. But there's just you stuff. can't get the entire run. No, no, you no, can't. No, I got and, um, I got these three Mark Wade oversized hardcovers, which were pretty good. Mm-hmm. There's a few Mark Millar hardcovers as well. Kind of nice. Fun Do you books. think that maybe Marvel would collect them like in the Masterworks series, like the Marvel Masterworks hardcovers? I'm sure they have, but I don't think they go. I don't know how far they go with those. Those yeah, are really expensive too. Yeah, but I, I looked into it uh, maybe like a year ago, and they, there's just this huge gap of like 400 some issues where they yeah. just didn't print them in, in in any trade paperbacks or hardcover. You know, I brought that up to the line room, like one of the oh, I think it was like a few days ago. And we were talking about how like the first 100 issues of Fantastic Four are stupid expensive usually, and they're hard as hell to find. And I was ta- they were like bringing up they're like oh I don't understand why all the other ones are, and I was just sitting there and I was like. Name a recognizable, like, everyday storyline from the Fantastic Four from issue 100 to current besides Hickman. And they're all, they named a few, but I was sitting there, I was like, how often does this actually get brought up? Even here, where someone is just like, oh yeah, my favorite one is, you know, Fantastic Four 320 something, you know what I mean? Those issues don't get talked about that much. They don't. And we, but the thing is though they should because Fantastic Four set the ground for pretty much everybody everything I mean everybody crossed over into their world and the issues at one point or another and they set the groundwork really for a lot of the uh, other series the Spidey team ups were always fun mm-hmm. Human Torch versus you know Spider Man all the time you know their little banter back and forth yeah yeah. I don't know. Maybe one of these days I'll get around to trying to collect some of the some of the early stuff in omnibus form, but we'll see. I got enough on my plate right now. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. I do. Yeah, That's I have cool. the epic collection of uh, Silver Surfer, and basically it's every. How is the epic collections? Because okay, here's my thing. If I'm gonna drop money on something, I want to drop it in hardcover, unless I have like the the uh the the thought like what nova does a lot of times which is to custom bind the trade paperbacks and the epics are the ones that are colored right if i remember correctly they are colored how is like the paper quality and stuff on those everything's pretty solid on it i mean it's not like super thick paper or anything but it feels like you're like you picked up a book at the store and you're just reading it it's like the same thickness of like a like like a book at barnes and noble basically like a basic book so and yeah, it's, it's all good. so it's all, it doesn't have like the gloss. It's just not like glossy or anything like that. Like in like, like the current. No, it's no. not really glossy. It's like halfway halfway to being that. It's in between yeah. newsprint and like the new glossy stuff. I have this mm-hmm. like Wolverine one. It's pretty cool. These are like thick books. Mm-hmm. Yeah, See, yeah. This they is my Silver really Surfer thick. one, and it's like yeah. Now Nova, you being a custom bind guy yourself, are you going to custom bind the Epic collections? Yeah. Hopefully, just for Wolverine. I want to get like uh, as much Wolverine as I possibly can. That's cool. cool. I'm kind of glad you brought up the custom binding because actually, there's a question I was going to ask you guys, you know, oh. off the side. But since we're talking about it, I'm going to bring it up. I'm actually, we just, I can't remember. I think it was you, Tap, that mentioned if I'm ever going to get something custom bound. Uh, I think it was last podcast or two ago. And I, I have I'm actually in the, pro- I'm actually in the process. It's, uh, it's actually at the binder. I'm, I haven't stopped thinking about it. And actually, I, I think I know what I want to do, 
and I don't know if this is going to work or not. So that's what I'm going to throw it to you guys is I there is a, roughly about 120 to 130. I don't have the exact number. Um, Hostess fruitcakes advertisements um, that exist between Marvel and DC. And I want to actually start getting all of them and the issues and taking them out of the issues. You know, remove the staples, take those pages out, and get everything together custom bind. So you want to get the hostess ads bind into a hardcover? Yes. <laughs> That's passion. You hear that, that folks? Is That's passion. passion. So my question is, is do can I do I need to remove the page or do I keep the full page and bend it over backwards? I'll, you know what I'm saying? I'll tell you what I did. Um I'm just gonna plug the guy. He's he's a really nice guy. He's actually local here in Omaha, but a lot of people use the this bindery and stuff worldwide. Mm-hmm. Um, Haushen Bindery is actually located here, about an hour or so from where I am. And uh, there's a guy named David Banks from uh, Single Bound Studios, and he is the nicest guy in the world. I actually got to meet him and talk with him and stuff about what I was wanting to do. And uh, super super cool guy. And for like. I think it's 10 bucks a volume. So if you're only getting one omnibus, let's say, right? So if you're going to get one hardcover or whatever, it's an extra 10 bucks. He will do all of the prep work for you. So you don't have to do anything. All you have to do is physically mail him all the books. And then mm-hmm. he'll reach out to you. You guys will talk, set up. This is what I want to accomplish, blah, blah. And he'll go through and do all the prep work and stuff for you. Very cool. Yeah, I, I, that's been on my mind a lot these days. I want to get all the hostess stuff bound and and a cool cover made for it. And just yeah, he'll do he'll do it all for you. And he's a he's a really really nice guy. Single Bound Studios. He works in conjunction with House and Bindery. And uh, yeah, I'm actually really excited. I'm hopefully we'll see if I have mine by April. Well, by the time the con comes, but we'll we'll see. Either way. I'm uh I'm geeked. It's the Spectre bind that I've been wanting. Very cool. Now, with that on the cover of the book, can you have like custom art? And yeah, stuff that's done exactly on it? what I'm doing. David is the graphic designer. He'll do all of that, and he works with you. So you're like, this is what I want, and he'll go through and design mm-hmm. it. He'll send it back to you via email. Like, is this good? Mm-hmm. And then he'll he'll work with you on it, and to get you exactly what you want. Very cool. Hey, if we let's try to remember, let's put his information at the bottom of uh, this podcast. So if anybody's interested, they can click on the link. Yep, this he's guy. he's great. And then uh, there's a few other binders that I'm starting to l- learn about and and get into contact with through like the Facebook group and stuff that I'm with. So um, yeah, we'll have like a few options eventually. I'm sure. So mm-hmm. I do know I want the I want the binding itself, the the book itself, to be a uh, Hostess Twinkie Yellow. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're going to do the Hostess buy, I mean, you got to. You got to go yellow. Yeah. And then yes. have something that says, where's the cream felon? <laughs> now, I want, I want, I want the, the middle of it to probably have the logo. It's like it, um, you'll get a big delight out of every bite of a Hostess uh, uh, Twinkie, you know. Put that whole scroll thing that they have in all the advertisements. Nice. Yeah, I can honestly say I think you're the first person I've ever heard of that wants to bind the ads. (laughs) 
You know, I love those things. I just do it. I just like, it'd be cool to have them all in one place. It, it actually would be pretty cool. And it's definitely, it would be a really cool conversation piece as well. Like yes, people come over and they see it and they're like, what is this? Oh my God. Like, cause nobody thinks to bind ads. I was I mean, going to say, you a... could probably end up selling that to hostess. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, this is all the work I the, did. I think I take the extra step and find out who was the art or the writer and, and at the con start getting up to sign the bind. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Awesome. So I know before we end this, because we're gotten, we're past the hour mark now, um, I want to ask one more thing to you, Tap. Um, I know you mentioned to me that you read some uh, Dan Slot, Mike Allred, Sur- Silver Surfer. Ah, yes, sir, I have. I'm not super far into it, but yes, I have. Okay, so how far did you get into it, and how do you like it? Um, I really enjoy it. It's a nice palate cleanser. For uh, to get me away from the stuff that I have been reading, because like I said, like the Six Gun, uh, the Damned, even Punisher Max, like all that stuff, it's really, really good. But it's, you know, it's it, it's kind of darker. It's super dangerous. like it's not. There's like sometimes I just want to pick up a fun book, just like a fun go get them type book, you know. And uh, Silver Surfer was a calling to me is that type of book and i was like well let's give it a shot i really enjoy dan slot and obviously i really like mike allred so i was like let's give it a shot and let's let's see how it goes and um so i picked it up i read the first four issues i think is all the farther i am right now uh but no i'm enjoying it it was really good and the first issue hooked me because like the very very end of the first issue like when they bring dawn like they capture dawn yeah and uh they're showing him like who means the most to him? He's like, who is it? Is it Nova? Is it blah, blah, blah? And then he sees that and he goes, and the the, the issue just ends with, I have no idea who that is. <laughs> like, <laughs> that just cracked me up. I was like, oh, well played, Surfer. Well played. Um, but no, it's actually kind of interesting, like, why she is connected to him. Because, like, you know, she made that wish as a little kid as he was surfing by and she thought it was a shooting star and whatnot. So you started uh, all the way from the beginning, beginning. Yeah, not even yeah. the renumber thing. No, no, I'm gonna start from the beginning. If I'm gonna start something, I'm gonna start from the beginning. That's cool. Yeah, if you're gonna do it, do it right. That's good. Yeah. That's good. But no, I'm enjoying it. It's a, like I said, it's a nice palate cleanser. It's a fun title, and sometimes you know you just gotta read a fun book. You gotta get away from some of the seriousness, and you just want to pick up something that's fun. And uh, yeah, that book's a lot of fun. So. I enjoy it. I, I'm definitely going to continue it. Like I said, it's a nice break from a lot of the other darker stuff that I've been kind of reading lately. So, I'll say the cool thing about Surfer is, you know, most Marvel titles now, you start reading them and it kind of feels like they're trying to rush things along and stuff. But with Silver Surfer, it's just like at a casual pace and it just seems to be just like hopping along and it doesn't seem like there's going to be an end anytime soon to it. Which is really nice, mm. you know? And nothing really big has happened in it yet that's like, oh my god. But it, like you said, it's just something to relax, sit back, and read for fun. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. it's it's good. And it, it doesn't seem like, there, like there's crossovers. It kind of seems like it's sort of its own thing, which is what I like. I like those types of books. Like I've said before, you know, with Moon Knight and things like that, I like that it's not crossovers. It's kind of its own thing. Um, but yeah, so I've been going back and forth between that one and then, uh, Daredevil, uh, Wade's run on Daredevil. I still got to read, I have four of the five oversized hardcovers and I've read the first three, so I got to read the fourth oversized hardcover, but that'll come after I'm done with the six gun and then scalped 
and then planetary and then, uh and then what I don't you know, still got to read that far, vault but... of horror i told you to read yeah, we'll we'll get to it eventually. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know I picked my my next binge after I'm finished with the Star Wars is gonna be Revival. What about you? What's your next binge? Mine after oh. all of you. I was gonna say well after I can tell you right now after probably after Scalped, it'll probably be the Spectre because I'll probably have those mm-hmm. back. So it'll probably be the Spectre is what I'm gonna do and then Planetary. And if I don't have it back, it'll be Planetary and then Spectre. Uh, for me. I think once I finally finish Vault of Horror and uh, Tales from the Crypt, which is taking a long time, um, I don't know. Honestly, I've been, I started issue one and two of the original Wolverine series, like after the Chris Claremont, Frank Miller run, um, starting from one there and i've read one and two and i think that i'm probably going to end up being hooked on that and i mean i still got to finish lock and key too so yeah i'm uh i'm riding out my second brubaker daredevil omnibus now after that hopefully by the time i'm done this the uh war of kings prelude omnibus will be out and i'll have three (laughs) massive omnibuses to read um yeah it's weird they released the war of kings and they released the aftermath and now they're finally releasing the prelude so i've had two books just sitting on my shelf because i don't have the first part uh <laughs> <laughs> that sucks so now i'm gonna have three books suddenly to read so that'll be that'll be great See, that's kind of like me with revival i've had all these issues and i was missing a couple holes here and there and i was going to start until i filled the holes and finally this last about like mm, last monday i think it was it's like you know what i'm get, i'm going on ebay i'm going to mycomicshop.com or whatever and i'm going to just get these last yeah. few issues which i finally got in the mail it's like i got the whole set now i'm binging yeah. <laughs> that's the way to go yeah very cool all right guys well I mean, like I said, we're over the hour mark now, and I think that we might be pushing it, so let's go into our interview, and let's give someone a call. Are y'all ready? Yeah. Let's do it. All right, guys. Stay tuned. time welcome to that exciting portion of our podcast today we bring you alex milne with an exciting interview bringing all that cool information of stuff that's more than meets the eye alex how you doing today i'm good i'm good how are you guys oh, we're doing well thank doing you doing well oh appreciate you taking the time uh, not a problem i finished all my uh my household duties of building shelving and stuff before the uh before this podcast, so I could be all ready and neat and tidy. So I'm all good. <laughs> there you good go. To go. Perfect. Get the honey lit, honey do list done first, and then everything else is no cakewalk. Yep. Oh, what does they say? You know, a happy wife is a happy life. <laughs> so, Alex, for those unfortunate souls out there that are not familiar with work, maybe you can tell us a little bit about yourself and let everybody know what it is that you do. I'm a comic book artist. Uh, for the past 13 years. 
I've been uh, working on Transformer comics. And for the last five years, I was the primary artist on Transformers More Than Meets the Eye, which I believe some people like. I could be wrong. Yeah, no, you you are you are very correct. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm assuming you know yourself being a child of the '80s, you grew up playing with and, and watching the G1 cartoons and whatnot. Is that I, I would say it's probably pretty accurate there, right? I mean, you've been drawing no. No, no really? No, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, wait a minute here. I'd be like, I hated Transformers growing up. No, no, I, I loved it. It's a paycheck. I, I like GoBots instead. <laughs> I, I had GoBot, I had GoBot toys when growing up too. But um, I love Transformers. Uh, the first Transformer toy I ever had was Optimus Prime. Very cool. Awesome. I wanted the ones my brother had. He had Starscream and Skywarp and Thundercracker. I wanted those. He wouldn't let me play with them. My brother was 11 years older than me, so. Uh, now you see, I had the opposite. My brother was six years younger than me, and he was the one that, for whatever reason, my parents gave him the Transformer toys. He would you know, take the stuff apart, and it was my job always to put everything back together for him. Some people uh, need help. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. why That's why there are instructions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got my eight-year-old a uh, Transformer toy a couple years back, and uh, it was, uh, I don't remember which one it was off the top of my head now, but he was like, can you transform this day? I was like, yeah, give it to me. I used to be a professional. And I'm starting to transform it. And now this is like a newer model one. So I'm like, sitting there, I'm like, I can't, it's, I can't figure it. I had to actually pull up the instructions and look through it. I was like, I have no idea what the heck I'm doing anymore. Like, they've gotten too, too in-depth nowadays. Yeah, they they were they reached the point where it was becoming pretty hard for the, anybody to do a basic transformation on it. That nowadays they've taken that back and like they're a little simplified now, so or more simple anyway. So nice, I'll have to start looking into that. Yeah, I'm. I would there's there's things that like I would like to collect, and Transformers is one of them. However having three young children and animals and things like that i know that if i do they're not gonna last very long they're not gonna have a very long lifespan in my house uh so yeah high shelves very high shelf yeah i (laughs) i not able to do that unfortunately um but anyway so you've worked on tons of transformers you know over the last decade or so uh was drawing transformers something that you've always wanted to do was it something that just I mean, because your artwork, first off, is a absolutely hands down, insanely amazing. amazing. Um, it's gorgeous. Um, but is that so? Obviously, you've had a knack for art. But is that something you want to do? Like, hey, I want to grow up and draw Transformers. Or how did that kind of come about? It's it's kind of funny because um, that wasn't like my first goal. Um, when I was in college, uh, taking technical and scientific illustration. Uh, one of the course requirements was a one-month work placement. And I wanted to go to ILM to do that. Okay. And my professor was like, uh, maybe you should find something closer to home here. And was basically talking me out of it. And at that time, Dreamwave was around. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was a student... Uh, in the grade below me, that was uh, a member of Dreamwave that I got uh, contact info to an editor there. 
and I actually went down to Dreamwave because they were located in Ontario, like about 20 minutes away from where I live by car. And I took my portfolio down and I got a one month work placement there. And when I finally finished that, they were, I said, I said my goodbyes and they're like, are you leaving? It's like, we have more work for you to do. And I was like, I gotta go back to school, but like, I'll, I'll do some stuff on the side. And like, when I'm done, I'm, I'm yours. And they're like, cool. So I was doing little profile images on the side while I was still in school. And as soon as I finished, uh, they threw me Transformers Energon to work on. There's a little bit of controversy, I guess, that was surrounding Dreamwave back then and, and the work that you did. Um, not your fault, but there was there were some things that were happening. Um, and so when Dreamwave no longer was a company, they, they were defunct or whatever, um, you went on to Devil's Due, and then you moved on to IDW. So how did that kind of come about? Did they just see the work that you did on the Energon and they were like, Hey, we want this guy. Come on over. Like, how did that kind of come about? Well, I didn't really go over to Devil's Do. Oh, okay. Um, I, I was out of work for a while. I did some work for Pat's other company, Dream Engine, for a bit. And then Udon was doing artwork for Devil's Do uh, G.I. Joe Transformers. Mm-hmm. or Transformers Joe. I'm not which, sure which version of it, but they were doing that, and they asked me if I would be able to do some fill-in pages, which I was like, I need to work. I don't yeah. mind. <laughs> of course. And that, gave, that got me into doing work with Udon, which uh, they then were contacted by Reader's Digest to do... Uh, children's uh storybooks like a like a pop-up book and a mix and match book on the uh live action transformer movie titles and they're like would you like to draw this and i was like yes i'll i was like of course i'll draw this like new movie stuff i was like this is crazy this is like i'm jumping at the opportunity for this and i did that and it was a 2006 at that time botcon was coming up i decided to go down it was in uh, lexington kentucky and i brought some of uh, the reader's digest stuff with me because idw was going to be there and i wanted to show off uh, my work to them to see if i could get any more transformers work and i had an interview with chris rael and dan taylor at the time and basically i just went in there and i showed them the reader's digest stuff and they're like well we have a movie adaptation would you like to draw it? And I was like, yes. And they're like, okay, it's yours. And that was how I got hired at IDW. And I've been working there ever since. Now like, I started doing work for them the end, near the end of 2006. So very cool. Um, so I got to say my first IDW transformer, um, was semi-recent. I know they've been going on for a while, but I was kind of late to the transformers game. Um, I had some, some friends in a, in a group chat that we're all in that, uh, recommended it to me. And, and so I picked it up and I started reading. And the first one I read was Megatron origins, uh, which you had draw. Um, and it, I was blown away by the art. It was phenomenal. I have the details, the backgrounds, just everything about it is just freaking incredible. And it blew me away. 
Um, so with that, I was like, well, I'm going to start reading more and more of these Transformers. So your art in that book kind of inspired me to continue to read. The, I mean, the writing was great as well. Um, that also helps. But uh, I went on and kept reading, you know, the, the Transformers books and and things like that. And so uh, that kind of those same people that were in that chat there, his name's Merck is his chat name. And he actually had a couple questions for you as well. And one of them was, uh, have you ever drawn Megatron with the Decepticon logo by accident now that he's changed sides, so to speak? Yes. That, <laughs> that, that would have been, it would have been on issue 28 of More Than Meet CI when uh, Megatron's in the cell. And like, I, I didn't have any work to do on dark cybertron except for like on the very end so i didn't and the issue hadn't come out and they didn't give me any pdf so i didn't know that he put on the autobot symbol but like part of me thought okay put it on but is it going to stay on his chest like he's in a prison cell now so i'm like well what's going on and i just drew a decepticon symbol in there and they were just like well he's got an autobot symbol it's going to be permanently on his chest now i was like okay no problem and that was like a very quick fix Oh. oh, very cool. That's cool. And then his other question was, in issue 54, um, on More Than Meets the Eye, uh, there was three Autobot symbols that were all drawn slightly different to represent different emotions. Um, and he was curious as to who came up with that idea. That was me. Oh, awesome. Okay. So how did that come about? I just started to be like, what if I made these symbols like emote? what the, the character was feeling. So you had like some characters with like, say a disgusted looking on their face, but then also the, the emblem, like the Autobot symbol would be like angry too. So it's angry and disgusted at what they're hearing. So I just thought it was a fun way of playing around with it. That is actually really cool. That is cool. Um, do you prefer to draw on paper? Do you draw digitally? Is it a mixture of yeah. both? That's one of the same. Uh, I, I just draw tr traditionally. Like Tradition okay, pen awesome. Pencil, paper, pens, ink, all that stuff. God, sir, I'm. I mean, I've just. I've been looking at a lot of your art, especially this last week or so, and kind of you know researching, it, and it's just freaking amazing stuff. Like, yeah, it's incredible. I don't know how you can. I don't know how you guys do it. First of all, I just want to say most of the, you know, almost all of the, actually all of the Transformers artists that have worked on the books throughout the years are all fantastic artists. You guys are all amazing. Um, you, though, sir, from everybody that I've spoken to in chat and my personal preference are, are probably our favorite, though, um, Transformers artist. Uh, just your detail lines and stuff is just absolutely incredible. Um, so... How did that like come about? Like, did you were you just drawing Transformers as a child? Like, I guess there's just so much work that goes into these. Like, how did that come about? You know, because you have drawing Marvel the Stan Leeway, you know, and those kind of books out there, but you don't have something like a Transformer diagram. Well, well, I know what, there might be one now. You know, Alex Milne, the art of drawing. Well, <laughs> Transformers, yes, but but as a kid though, like you know, coming up, how did that how did that come about? Uh, well, for, first, uh, thank you for the compliments. It's always nice when uh, people appreciate the work I've done. Um, well, basically, it's just uh, the amount, like the the type of media that I would like 
ingest as a child. So, like, transforms. But then you have Japanese anime and Gundam and, like, Robot Series, Bubblegum Crisis, uh, Evangelion, uh, Macross. Like, just all of the stuff from over there is a lot of hyper-detailed stuff that you didn't really see over in North America for a while. And, like, I just consumed all of that and applied that to my artwork. Like, one of my, my favorite books is Akira. And the the type of background work that was in there is just phenomenal. And I'm like, I want to have that in what I draw. And at the time, might not have pulled it off as well. But, like, I'll, I'm still going to keep at it until I reach that point where I'm like, yeah, I've achieved that level of look that I want. Yeah, it's 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 absolutely incredible. Like yeah. I said, like I honestly think Transformers artists in general are probably some of the best artists in the comic book industry. Um, just the attention to detail in the backgrounds and things that you guys do, and all the line works, it's, it's just phenomenal. It, yeah. it blows me away um, so much so that I actually recently um, started getting the uh, uh, the hardcovers, the IDW collection hardcovers. Um, and that, you know, that big oversized format and the art is just 10 times better in those books as well. Cause it's just on these nice, huge blown up thick pages. My artwork and like other artists artwork are not, are nothing without like the fabulous people that color it too, because Agreed. they, they bring, oh, yeah. they bring a little bit more polish to it. Mm-hmm. So that's always fun. So the, the two Joshes, Josh Prez and Josh Bertram and Joanna Lofante. I've colored my work. I have to thank them a lot because my work would be nothing without them. Oh, yeah. That's good to hear, too. Not a lot of people, you know, I mean, the artists usually always give colorist props, but you never hear, you never really hear colorists getting the props that they deserve. So that's that's really cool of you. Yeah. I kind of want to ask, you know, you've been doing all of this Transformers stuff with IDW. Just kind of curious, is there anything like out maybe outside of IDW, just love to get your hands on something you just love to be able to, you know, draw? Uh, there, there are a few things that I would love to do. Um, I love to possibly work like if I could on an Iron Man comic Ooh, or or Guardians of the Galaxy, mm-hmm. something that's like very sci-fi orientated. Mm-hmm. Like I'd love, I'd love to work on Star Wars comic or a Star Trek comic. But I really also want to take the time to draw and write one of my own comics. Because ah, very nice. After, after a while, you you don't want to you want to play with your own characters and your own ideas instead of playing around with somebody else's characters. So, so Alex, it sounds like you have an idea of a story in mind to, to write out. I do. Um, I've been working on an idea for the last uh, eight eight years. Not like it keeps eight eight to twelve years. Like I keep changing the idea and reinventing it. Mm-hmm. And the last few years, I've been refining the idea quite a bit. Just getting the time to like really flush it out. I'm like, I'm gonna have to like really buckle down someday yeah. and be like, okay, I'm setting this month aside to really get this idea hammered out. But it's like I have a bunch of ideas for transformer <laughs> stories too <laughs> that I've written out. That I'm just like, I want to do this. I'm like, I don't, I don't know if they'd ever give me a chance to write a book. 
I know you've been with them for so long. Yeah, they might just, they, yeah, might they, they gotta it, take right? a chance. Yeah. They owe you. Come on, IDW, give Alex a chance. Yeah, I'd be like, Nick did it. Like, I just want one story. Come on. <laughs> one, one little... I'll be like, if it tanks, then we know not to not tanks. to do it again. Like, yeah. <laughs> Lesson or they'll be like, or or they'll be like, uh, next time, like, can you do something a little better? And I'll be like, yeah, I can learn from my mistakes. Or what will happen is it was so good that they'll say, okay, we need to start writing more on top of all the artwork you already have on, piled on. I'll be like, if I can write and draw, I'll be like, so. <laughs> so i saw that on twitter uh you had said that like your warm-up sketch one time was uh recently was bumblebee and you said he's just a super fun character to to draw is he your favorite transformer to draw or do you yeah. have someone else that you're just like this is my all-time favorite transformer when it comes to drawing uh, that that is a tough question because there are so many of them that i love yeah. to draw <laughs> Um, it re- I guess it really depends on my mood, but right now I love drawing characters that I haven't drawn in a long time mm-hmm. because they're new and fresh and I, I get to take, uh, my style that I've developed over the years and put them, put that to the characters. So they they feel more energetic in my way. Uh, I don't know. Uh, let's see if I had to choose somebody. Well, it's probably RC. Oh, like I, okay. Let me be a little snooty here and everything. Like, I brought her in. I helped bring her into IDW, so I'm like, I'll always have, like, this huge soft spot for her. Well, actually, that kind of goes with the question I had was, do you have, like, a whole list of characters that you've thought of that you love to start incorporating into the book? Yeah, yeah. But then it's like, you can't do that. This this person's taking this character. This person's taking this character. Like I I had <laughs> I had ideas for certain characters that back in 2013, and I was pitching the idea to uh, John Barber, and he's like, "Oh, this is cool. Like, what do you want to do? Do you want to write it? Do you want like to co-write it?" And I was like, "Oh, I don't want anything to interfere with like what James is doing. So like, I'd like to like have him like." I like to co-write it and do like stuff like I paste some stuff out and we almost had it, but then the character got snagged by another writer. And I was just like, so who's your personal favorite transformer? Just like person, not one that you necessarily like to draw, but just like your, your personal favorite, either as a kid or even now, uh, Galvatron voiced by Leonard Nimoy. Mm -hmm. Ooh, very nice. Yes. He's always been that version has always been my favorite. I just thought Ulti- Ultimate Badass. Yeah, yeah, and Leonard Nimoy was such a legend. <laughs> but while you're thinking about that, um, do you have any cons coming up that you might be uh, at? Well, it's been announced. Um, I'm going to be at Pete's Robot Con or convention in Cincinnati in June, mm-hmm. and then I'll be at TFCon in Toronto in July. And I don't know if there are any others that I can that have been announced yet. I, I've kind of cut back on the amount of conventions I've done this year because uh, some financial issues have come up, and I'm trying to focus on this one project that I'm working on right now. So, 
Which is... Uh, It's a secret. When IDW lets you know, then I can let you know. Okay, okay. So it is with IDW, so we'll just keep our eyes peeled for IDW announcements. They did... They did say it at New York Comic Con that I was working on a secret project, so it must be with IDW. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Now, you said you will be at uh, TFCon in Toronto. Um, one will... of our other four guys that's not here right now, he, uh, he's actually from Toronto. And so I was talking to him earlier, and I said, you gotta go, you got to go to this convention for me. Because I'm nowhere near Toronto, but he, he's, he's in Toronto. And so I was like, you, you got to go to this for me, man. So hopefully he can go, and I'm gonna try to get him like a couple of my hard covers for you to, if if you'd be willing to sign. Of course, awesome. I'll I'll, I'll sign anything. <laughs> Very cool. Um, cool. Red, do you have any other questions or anything? Um, commissions. I was kind of curious Ooh, about. Ooh, yes. Yeah. Do you uh, do commissions? Do you do commissions? I do. Oh, cool. And how can a person uh, go about? Uh, well, usually before a convention goes up, I'll put up a commission list. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it'll have all the details and the pricing and everything, so you can pick and choose whatever you like. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't, I'm not going to put it up right now because I have a, a bunch to finish from last year that is just family issues came up, and then I had to, a couple projects that fell into my lap that I had to work on because I'm like, oh, I'm, I need to pay some bills here or I'm basically gonna... life, life happened. <laughs> yeah. So life happened. So I had to put commissions on hold for a while and up, it took all the way up until now to create space to get back to working on them. So mm-hmm. if anybody's listening, who's still waiting for their commission, I get to start to work on them starting next week. I'm taking a whole week out of like my regular work schedule to work on commissions for people so I can try and knock a lot of them out. But mm-hmm. I never I will never rush a commission for somebody and like I have a standard that I set for commissions and I'm just like I'm not going to give you anything less than my best for a commission. And hopefully people understand that the weight I make sure like the commission is worth the wait. I'm sure everybody can appreciate that. Yeah, that, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, especially, you know, I, me personally, I would rather have, you know, the artist put their all in it and take two years or whatever the case may be, rather than hurry up and rush something over the course of a weekend. So no, that's awesome too, that you have such a, you know, a high standard set for commissions as well. I think that's something that people can truly appreciate. And some artists could learn from. <laughs> that too. <laughs> awesome. Well, Alex, thank you very much for coming on to the podcast. We, we greatly appreciate it, and it's, it's been a pleasure speaking with you. Oh, it's been a joy. Thank oh. you for having me. Oh, yeah, no, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. And... Really enjoyed having you on. Thanks. 